Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Well, it's the final week of Hopeful. Let's just review. So week one of this series, I, I, hope, you, I hope you have been learning something from this series. Basically, in the beginning of it all, what I what this came out of is, is I just came to this realization. I mean, I already knew it, but it sort of sunk deeper into the depths of my heart that I just kept on saying over and over, Lord Jesus, in spite of me, in spite of all I struggle for, in, in spite of everything I'm trying to do, you seriously are my only hope. Like for me to change, Lord Jesus, and transform, you know, into the person that you have called me to be, you're my only hope. It's nothing to do with my efforts. I mean, I try and try and try, but I still fail. Anybody the same? I try and try and try. I pick myself up and try again, try again, try again. Pick myself up and try again. First, you don't succeed. Hopeful. It came out of this place where I'm like, you know, Jesus, you really are my only hope. In every situation of my life. Like, and it's so freeing and it's so amazing to come to a place where you realize this, that Jesus is our only hope. For all the things that um, we hope in, when we begin to realize that Jesus is actually meant to be the center, he is the center, he's worthy of being the center, he's actually built to be in the center of it all, that's actually his purpose and job. And it's such it's a freedom. And the reason why it's freedom is because um, of another scripture that I came across um, in, in Proverbs 13, 12, and it, it says this, that hope deferred makes a heart grow sick. Oh yeah, I forgot to put that one on. I put the words, uh, the scriptures up. It's, um, if you want to add it, it's um, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. It basically says, you'll see it in a moment, that hope deferred grows a, makes a heart grow sick. In other words, when I'm putting my hope in all sorts of different things that aren't meant actually for me to put my hope into, what begins to happen is my heart grows sick, my heart goes cold, I stop hoping and I start doing other things in order to fill that void that is only meant to be filled by Christ. Who's put hope in certain things that you thought you could put hope in, and yet they've let you down. Anybody? But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. When we begin to see that our fulfillment is in our longing for Christ, we get free of all of the things that we're not meant to be putting hope into. So that's kind of like being the main anchor of this series over the last little while. And there's a few things that over the last few weeks that we're... I've been breaking, trying to help you see where we put our hope. And um, week one, okay, was when we don't realize that Jesus is our only hope. We do one of two things, okay, to, to get God's blessing or to, as we begin to realize, um, have you put hope in yourself like for overcoming sin? Have you done that? Have you made a... Uh, like a New Year's resolution, okay, and broken it? Like, I'm not saying that that is necessarily sinful, but have you ever said, 
after an argument, you know what, I'm never going to say dot, dot, dot again. And then next time you get angry, this crazy thing happens where you just forget. In spite of your resolution. You know what that does is, is, is when you begin to do this over and over and again, you've put hope in yourself, right? That you would be a better person, but you begin to realize, hold on a second, I can't control myself. What does that do? It makes your heart grow sick. And, and it leads to something, it's, and, and particularly in the area of our own sin. Um, and if uh, the slide that says pretending um, or performing, this is what happens, right? When we don't realize um, that we're not being led to Christ when we find ourselves in situations where we're not able to overcome. We do one or two things. We either pretend, okay, that we're better than we actually are. You know, that's, that's for the other people. That's not for you. That's for, you know, that, I wish such and such was here to read this. Have you ever said, like, oh man, I, that, my next door neighbor didn't come today. They just keep pretending that they're so much better than they actually are. I can see, you know, but we have to look at this for ourselves. When we're not being led to Christ, when it comes to our sin and the stuff that is wrong with us, if we're not being led to Christ, we'll either pretend that we're better than we actually are. You know how we do that? We start to ignore all the bad things about us and just focus on some of the good things that we do. And just like pretend that nobody else sees all of that stuff. And we, we will justify it against them and say, well, you know, they've got this wrong with them and this and that. And how, how could they judge me? Right? <laughs> when, when we're not led to Christ, we begin to pretend. The other way we can go is uh, we begin to perform. Okay? We perform. And that is trying to please God by what we do. That's performance. Where does that lead us? Well, that leads us to a place where we go, even though I try and pick myself up and try again. And what legalism does to a person, it actually, it, it robs them of their creativity. It robs them of who they are as a person. It robs them of happiness because it's all about everything that they can do all the time. If it, and, and the problem with pretending is it leads to more sin and separation from God. And the problem with legalism is it leads to more sin and separation from God. He, Jesus, is our only hope. He is our only hope. The power to overcome sin is in Christ. It's not in you. Stop pretending. I'm talking to myself here. Stop pretending. Stop pretending. Rhino, stop it. You're a sinner. You know, we need to stop pretending we're not. We all are. It's okay. That's why Jesus came. And stop thinking that it's your performance. This is important because at the core of your being, if this is not in order, it affects everything. Your whole life will be built out of this. If you don't understand that your power to overcome the sin in your life is only in Christ and that is taking you back to Him, you, you, you're going to continue to fall into one of these brackets and it's going to be annoying for you and it's going to be frustrating for you and your heart will begin to grow cold and you'll get stuck either in legalism or stuck in pretending 
That's not God's purpose. That's not God's destiny for you. That's not His calling. He wants you to be free of sin, right? And that leads me to my second week where we began to speak about the law. What is the law? When the Bible was put together, I mean, who's opened the Bible and come across a you should do this kind of statement, right? Doesn't matter, Old Testament, New Testament, it's all there. Um, a lot of people are under the, the, the thought that, a lot of people think that the, um, the, the law is, is no longer kind of valid because we have the New Testament. Have you heard this kind of thinking? Right? But then if you read the New Testament, there's more laws. Have you noticed that? I mean, the, if you read like Galatians, Ephesians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you, you know, I mean, it's all Paul telling these guys what to do. So, like, if the law doesn't matter anymore, why are they giving out more laws? Right? What, 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 what's, I thought the law was finished. The law's not finished. The law has a purpose. Okay, the law has a purpose. The law is still valid. It still works. I mean, I made the point. Um, one of the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt not murder. If Christ had have finished the law, the law is very valid, but where is, where is the law of, the, of God's Word meant to lead us? You know, if, if we're not allowed to pretend that we're better than we actually are, if, if legalism isn't the way we should go, where it's all about what we can and can't do to make God happy and to get overcome our sin, where are we supposed to go? Well, the law is meant to lead us to one place and His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. The wrong and rights in the Bible, where you see those gaps, have you come across the gaps where you're like, oh man, no matter how hard I try, I can't do it. You know, the place where that's meant to lead you is Jesus. That's why we worship Jesus. Because He's the only one who on our behalf took upon Himself our sins on the cross. He took upon Himself the wrath of God. Do you know what the wrath of God is? It's kind of serious. It's death. Death is the outpouring of God's wrath. That's what God's wrath is. And that's what happened. I mean, it's... Where, it's why we talk about Christ, because He is the only one who said, even though you were in a place where you were heading towards death because of what you've done, because of your sin, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that he should, whosoever should believe in Him will have eternal life. How? Because Jesus Himself died on a cross on our behalf. And overcame sin so that we could have freedom in Him. He was our sacrifice. He is our sacrifice. So the law, because if you follow the law, you know, the Bible says the law actually just leads you to death. If it doesn't lead you to Christ. And how does it lead you to death? Well, you start pretending you're better than you actually think you are. Or you go to this place where you're like, hmm. And, and there's, there's some other places that begin that, that with legalism and license. If the law is not leading you to Christ, this is what happens. If you can put up the legalism and license 
So legalism, if it hasn't led us to Christ, you can try your very best not to lie. We're talking about lying. Oh my gosh, I've got to finish up. This is what it means to live under the law. You will inevitably, inevitably discover that you cannot not lie, even when you lower your standards about what that means. License. You can admit from the start that you cannot obey this command and simply dismiss it as a biblical ideal you are not actually expected to obey. This is what it means to abuse God's grace and give in to sin. And this is happening a lot in the current like, generation that's happening now, is license. It's like, you know what, we, I mean, that's this, this, the Bible is irrelevant now to today's culture. It doesn't matter anymore. It's okay, we can kind of bend the rules. Law is the law. Law is the law. If you're going to either one of these places, there is a destination that you're going to end up in that is not God and is not God's future for you. This is why we need Jesus. There's one place that the law should lead us to, and that is Christ. And then last week we talked about the needs of the heart. We talked about the needs of the heart. How come we get to these places where we're in legalism? How, how come we get to these places where we're, we're in license? How come we're, we get to this place where we're pretending that we're better than we actually think we are, or we're, we're trying to perform to get God to bless us? Well, it's the needs of our heart. It's actually all about everything of what I'm talking about stems out of what your heart needs. And when Jesus came... He came and he was most interested in what your heart is about. He wasn't interested so much on the outside. He was interested in what's going on in the inside of you. And uh, this was the slide I put up where we have these nine needs. Approval, recognition, pleasure, security, respect, knowledge, reputation, control and success. You know, you won't believe that your success is found in Christ. You won't believe it. You'll believe that your success is found in the hard work that you need to do. Now, yes, success is found in hard work. Doesn't mean you can be lazy. There's, a, there's enough lazy Christians out there who have inherited properties and all sorts of things and they just sit on their blessed assurance <laughs> and do nothing with their lives. We've got enough of them. Enough, enough to create a, um, <laughs> a stereotype for Christians, actually. It's a bit sad. That's not what I'm saying. You will find success, but if you, but if you think... If your heart doesn't know that before the Lord, not because of anything you've done, He sees you as highly successful already, and you're doing everything out of a place where you are secure in Him, in your success, that it's not on any exterior things that we look at to say, this is, I'm, I'm successful because I've got this, watch. It's Daniel Wellington. I'm successful because I'm wearing these shoes. I'm successful because I'm, I, I, this morning I came with a driver with this big car. I'm successful. I mean, we, we, we put all of these things out there. 
and then we lose the watch and the car breaks down and then, you know, whatever. And we were, you know, and we're living in this constant fear that we're going to lose what we've got. Those things aren't, they're meant to be blessings, okay? Nothing wrong with having the good watch. Nothing wrong with having the big car. Nothing wrong with having the good shoes. Go for it. But the moment you think that those things are the markings of your success and they name who you are and that your identity is in them, it's going to lead you to brokenness. It's going to lead you to a place where you'll never be able to fill that void because our success is only found in Christ. But you're not going to believe that. See, our job, our work, it's not about our works, but, it's, but, but there is one thing that we've got to work on is believing this. And you know what you've got to do? You've got to begin to search out scriptures. I challenge you guys to get your Bibles, if you've got one. If you haven't got one, let me know. I'll give you one. Okay? And begin to find the scriptures that talk about where your approval is found in Christ. Begin to find the scriptures that, that, that talk about your recognition is found in Christ. And every time someone your boss doesn't recognize you for your work and it puts you in a place where you just want to give up and throw your hands up in the air and I don't want to do this anymore, go back to that scripture and and remind yourself and preach the gospel to yourself that your recognition is only found in Christ and Christ alone. And He recognizes you for who you are because He made you. Right? (laughs) Even pleasure. You're not going to believe that your pleasure is found in Christ alone until you experience it. When you begin to experience it, it is way better than Netflix. (laughs) Way better. Netflix has got nothing on the presence of God, I'm telling you. And the crazy thing about it is I don't have to get into some sort of... I don't have to hang from the ceiling upside down with my legs up in the air or whatever, you know, breathing some sort of pattern to to feel the presence of God. It's simply just opening my heart and believing our work is to believe. That's it. That's all you have to do is believe. <laughs> reputation. Huh. Who's had their reputation marred by other people? Who knows what that's feel? Who knows what that feels like? You know, the moment Jesus hung on the cross, his skin torn from his body. He was on the cross in a in a loincloth. The soldiers below him are throwing dice, trying to win his garment. He was totally disrespected. They even said to him, if you're you're the king of the Jews, why don't you get down off that cross? If you're worried about your reputation, we serve a king who had his reputation ripped away from him. He knows what it's like. You know, I I just want to finish on this scripture. And this will bring you to a place of rest. It's it's Hebrews 4. I was going to go, this is what I was actually going to preach out of Hebrews, the whole of chapter 4. But I want to just go from verse 14, okay? Um, 14 through to 16. It says this Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest 
who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. And I'll tell you something, kids. You read the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus was tested in his approval, recognition, pleasure, security, respect, knowledge, reputation, his control and need for success. In every one of them he was tested. Yet, just as we are tempted in every way, yet he did not. This is why he is worthy. This is why we sing. Worthy. Not because it's just what you do as you know, believers. No, it's not. There's, this, there's a meaning behind that. Because he came... He walked this earth, went through everything we went through, yet he didn't sin. He is worthy. He's the only one that's worthy. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Can I ask you something? How are you you approaching God's throne? If we were to... God was to show up right now in the flesh, physically, and you could all see him, and his throne was on the stage right here. Would you be able to approach it with confidence? In Christ, we are called to just come to him, regardless, with confidence. Confidence in what? Confidence in Christ. Not, oh, I'm really good, you know, I'm going to work myself up. No, 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 no. That doesn't work after a certain point. You go through enough suffering, you go through enough pain, you will feel your confidence will be drained from you. It won't work, but there is one name, Jesus, and you can bring yourself back up again and say, yeah, I'm in Christ, and I can approach this throne of mercy, this throne of justice, knowing that he accepts me. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We don't have this, you know, I just want to close this series on this. We don't, we don't serve a Jesus who, who, who came, was perfect, and just kind of floated above humanity. We don't. That's not what Jesus was about. He suffered. He actually gave himself to suffering on our behalf. He didn't have to. He left the riches of heaven, the wealth of heaven, the comfort of heaven to come and redeem us. But not just pull us up out of this, but to walk with us in this, in the journey that God has got us on. And He is purifying every one of you, every one of us, as we walk with Him, with fire. He's purifying us through suffering. He's purifying us through the difficult things. And we get filled with hope, no matter the circumstance. Filled with hope. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com 
or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.